name is Tyler, and welcome to another episode of Context for Kids, where I teach you guys stuff most adults don't even know. This is your first time hearing, or if you've missed anything, you can find all the episodes archived at contextforkids.podbean.com, which has them downloadable, or at contextforkids.com, where I have transcripts for readers, or on my Context for Kids YouTube channel. Now, today we're going to talk about my good friend Savannah Smalling and her family. You know, they're people who I love a whole lot. And we're also going to talk about something called theodicy. Not the odyssey like Homer wrote. Theodicy. Theodicy is something we find a lot of in the Bible and especially in the Psalms. Theodicy is a fancy word that theologians, and those are people who study all the stuff about God, they, they use that when asking, if God is good, then why is there so much evil in the world? And maybe you've asked that too. We all ask that. It's normal. It's a good question. And there's nothing wrong with asking that question because we find it all over the place in the Bible. The Bible gives us permission to ask God all sorts of things and to be angry and confused and to even ask if God really is so good. Never forget that God already knows exactly how you're feeling and thinking, so you might as well be honest with them. Now, many years ago, I was very angry at God about things that happened when I was a kid. And he never protected me. He, he let bullies hurt me for years. And I hated him for it. I loved Jesus, but I hated God. And, and maybe you feel like you hate God too sometimes? But maybe you can't admit it because everyone around you might just freak out. But you know what? Sometimes they hate God too. Sometimes they're angry and confused and wonder what on earth God is doing. Now in the ancient world, all the pagan nations could never admit that about their gods because their gods would just nuke them or worse if they were real. If one person got angry at their gods, then they thought terrible things would happen to the whole community. Maybe there would be no rain and they'd all starve. Maybe locusts would eat all their crops and they'd starve. Maybe the earth would open and swallow them all down whole. Maybe an army from another country would kill them all because their god wouldn't protect them anymore because he was angry. They had to be super careful around their gods because their gods were super touchy and easily offended. But one of the ways that our God shows his goodness is by allowing us to be angry and to ask questions and to sometimes even accuse him of stuff when we just don't understand why everything is going wrong. And the reason that he does that, the reason he allows us to be open and honest with him when we're angry and struggling is because we're in a covenant with him. That means that we have a real relationship with God. We aren't just people who go to church and sing worship songs and put money in the plate. We're people who live with God every moment of every day. We are people who God sees and knows inside and out. Jesus actually said that every hair on our heads is numbered. Wow. God loves you so much that he even keeps track of your hair. It means that God doesn't forget us, that he hasn't abandoned us, that we can always talk to him about everything and anything that we're thinking or feeling or going through, and we can know that he really does care. 
When we accepted Jesus as our Savior and King, it meant that we started a wonderful relationship with God and that we will live with him in the world to come when Jesus is King of the earth. And that's a wonderful promise. But that's also what makes God really confusing because we want the kind of relationship where he protects us from everything bad that could ever happen to us, where we never get sick and no one we love ever gets hurt or dies. We want to always have enough money and for the weather to always be nice. We want the people around us to be kind and generous and if they aren't, we want them punished and we want everyone to hate them and see how awful we are. Those are the kind of things we think and those thoughts become something called expectations and expectations happen when we believe that someone else owes us something or that we should be able to do something just because we want to be able to do it. And we all tend to think that God should make our lives wonderful and easy, right? We don't want the bad stuff to happen to us or the people we love. We don't understand it why, why he allows so many terrible things to happen to the people who love him. And I know I really struggle with that too, because if I was God, then everyone I love would have it really good and would never get sick or suffer at all. But then I imagine that the people who make me mad wouldn't be very happy, because if Miss Tyler had that kind of power, then she'd probably start to be pretty evil and mean. Just being honest. No one except God and Jesus can handle that kind of power and not be crazy about how they use it. But yesterday, I found out that my young friend Savannah is having problems again. Savannah and one of my sons have the same medical problem. They have something called hydrocephalus, which means water on the brain in Latin. Now, our brains are surrounded inside and out by something called CSF. It's not really water. Cerebral spinal fluid. And it keeps our brains floating so that when we fall or turn our heads that our brains don't crash into our skulls. And, you know, we make more CSF all the time in our bodies. But with Savannah and my son, they keep making more CSF, but the old CSF doesn't go away. And so it can be very painful. Just think of a balloon or a, a bottle with something inside it. You know, if it has a hole near the top, then you can keep putting in more water forever and the bottle won't burst. If it has a hole near the top, you can just keep putting in more and more water forever and the bottle won't burst. But if the bottle doesn't have a hole in it, then the new water will just keep trying to force its way inside. So Savannah and my son have mechanical valves in their skulls that allow the CSF to drain away into another part of their body where it isn't a problem. Now, my son hasn't had many problems, and he's only had four shunts since he was uh, six days old and got his first one. And he got his last one two years ago when he was 19. But Savannah hasn't been as fortunate. She's been suffering so much, and the doctors have tried so many things. And yesterday, I just got so angry that I went into my backyard and was digging up my dead strawberry patch, and I was yelling at God. It's not fair. How come my son Shunt is okay and Savannah's isn't? Why does she have to hurt all the time? It's not fair. You can fix this. Why are you letting her hurt like this? isn't like she deserves this. She isn't a criminal. And she loves you and her parents love you. 
I love my friends, Lord, and I don't even know what to say to them. And they live so far away, and I can't be there for them, and I'm angry. I'm grateful you've been so kind to my son and to me, and God, I feel guilty that Andrew's okay and she isn't. What's going on? Why Savannah? I know you see how hard this is on her parents. What do you want from them? Are we not praying enough? I know that's not the problem. I just don't even know what to say because I'm so angry and I'm embarrassed because I don't have any answers for them. And it doesn't seem right that, you know, with all the terrible things that I've done in my life and with what a goober my kid can be, why this happens like this? We don't deserve this, Lord, and, and they don't deserve it. I'm grateful, but I'm also confused and I'm hurt. Why is one doing okay and the other isn't? I know it's because it's not because you don't love her, because when I pray, I feel your love for her. Why won't you just fix her? And you know, 18 months ago, I did the same thing when my son's shunt was not working for the second time in a month, and we thought he might die. And two years ago, when a young friend died unexpectedly, and over the last two years, when so many people I knew were sick with COVID and some died, and over the last month with the war in Ukraine, I get angry. And I talk to God about it. And sometimes I'm so frustrated with him that I don't even know what to do. Maybe you felt that way when you were sick or have a sick pet or when bullies are after you at school. Or you studied really hard but failed the test or broke your leg right before the big game or whatever. When life isn't fair, we ask the big questions because we know in our hearts, you know, that there's something wrong. We want there to be easy answers. Sometimes things just happen. We know in our hearts that life was never supposed to be like this. You know, maybe it's because of the Adam and Eve DNA that we all have in us. We know that our lives were meant to be perfect and wonderful without sickness and death and hardship. Because we know that deep down, we get angry when we're struck with this, we're stuck with this crazy world where sometimes everything seems upside down. God didn't mean for it to be like this, but we've always been so out of control and so we have sickness and there are people who hurt and other people sometimes who hurt people. If we just loved one another like the Bible commands, there would be almost nothing left for God to need to fix. Now, in Psalm 73, we see someone who's really angry with God, but really confused too. Now, this is the MTV. This is the Miss Tyler version of the Bible, because I wrote it. I rewrote it for you. God is really good to his people, the people who aren't out there faking it. But I lost my balance, and I almost abandoned him because I was jealous of all those people who are just so full of themselves and the really mean people I know who have everything they could ever want. Life is so easy for them. They don't struggle. They're eating out at fancy restaurants every night. They never get caught for the stuff they do. And they never get into trouble. They never get sick and nothing ever goes wrong for them. So they're out there with their noses in the air, thinking that they're all that in a bag of chips. And it's like it doesn't even matter how much they hurt people. 
They get to eat so much that even their eyeballs are fat. And whatever they want to do, they just go and do. They make fun of others and spread lies about them to hurt them. And they threaten to do terrible things to people who can't even defend themselves. They even disrespect God and never miss an opportunity to just say whatever nasty stuff they want. And so people see them not getting punished and they actually like go out following them and listening to them. They just can't get enough. And these villains say, God is powerless. If he knew what I was doing and saying, and if he was really so great, I'd be dead. I mean, just look at those guys. They never have any troubles at all. And life is so easy for them. Everything goes their way and they just get richer and richer. Come on, am I following God for nothing? Am I obeying his commandments for nothing? What's in it for me? My life is so terrible all day long and every morning it's like something worse just comes around. But if I admit it in public, if I admit how I'm just jealous I am of those guys who do nothing but wrong and enjoy nothing but blessings. I know that I'm just going to send people in the wrong direction away from you. And I've tried to understand. But nothing made sense and I didn't th think it ever would. But then I came into your sanctuary, into your presence in the place where your throne is, and you made me understand. You gave them everything to see what they would do with it. You made their lives easy to see if they would be good or bad, and because they've had it so easy and should have been so grateful and humbled, they have no excuse for what will happen to them when you finally judge them. When I thought they were blessed, it was actually a curse because their blessings became a trap. They won't even know what hit them because it disgusts you to see what they've done with all their blessings. I really thought they had it made because I was hurting and I was acting like what we have here in this life is all there is. I was forgetting what you've done for us and what you promised to give us. Yeah, you see what they're doing and how evil it is, but you're not smiling at them. You've never abandoned me and you're always right here to whisper encouragement to me when I need it. You've kept me on the right side of things and I will spend eternity with you in your kingdom where everything here will seem like nothing in comparison. You're my future and everything I want in this life. You know, even though I fall sometimes and mess up and forget how good you are and even though I will grow old and weak, you're there for me and I can always depend on you. You are all I really need. Those people who I envy now, their end is going to be terrible. Sometimes I forget that. But as for me, I have you in my life, and that is more than wealth and good food and health and whatever else those villains seem to have that I don't. I'll tell people about that. You see, that's the Bible. Things are wrong, and we get angry, and we talk it out. And then we remember what we have that they don't have. We remember that this life isn't all there is and that the people who seem to have it all sometimes actually have nothing. But still, we might ask ourselves why we aren't getting perks in this life and special treatment. Well, I imagine that we do sometimes and we just don't see it because there are things that we just don't see because they never end up happening, like car accidents are probably a big one with me. 
But why doesn't God just reward us with easy lives? Wouldn't that seem like the right thing to do to reward our loyalty? I don't think it would. I've known a lot of people with easy lives, and they are some of the worst people I've ever met. Like the guy who wrote Psalm 73, the kind of people he was talking about. Think about it from God's point of view. If nothing ever went wrong for us, we'd be like those kids who are spoiled, rotten, and mean-spirited. always screaming and kicking to get what they want and not able to handle hearing the word no or even knowing how to deal with disappointment and pain. We'd become people who are just insufferable and we'd think that our lives are easy because we deserve it and because the people who have troubles must deserve it. And I know people like that. Some of them are in churches and they make life really hard for others. But if people around the world started seeing that Christians were all rich and never got sick or had bad things happen, then everyone would become a Christian, but not because they loved God or really believed in Jesus or wanted to keep the commandments to love him and other people. They'd just be in it for the blessings. You know, I guess it would be like if you were really rich and you had a lot of friends But you wouldn't ever know if they just wanted you around because you had the money to pay for everything. What if you ran out of money? Would they even still like you? Now, because we have bad things happen and still love God and try to follow him, people who don't believe in him notice that we're different. Shows them that God is real. But God isn't spending, sending horrible things against us just to teach uh, other people that he's worth worshiping. The, the truth is that bad things happen to everyone. All right? They happen. How mean would it be, you know, for God to only let bad things happen to the people who refuse to worship him? I mean, that would be so spiteful and petty, right? Why would anyone trust a God who's only good and kind to the people who love him? Jesus said that even the tax collectors were nice to their friends, but it didn't mean that they weren't being rotten to the people they didn't like. Because God is love, he doesn't punish people for not worshiping him. He uses the bad things that happen in our lives to grow us into more compassionate, loving, merciful, and humble people, but he isn't sending those things on us. Bad things happen to everyone. Things go wrong in everyone's lives. You know, a while back, my son broke his ankle and sprained his knee, and my dog suddenly died within six hours on a Friday afternoon. I couldn't believe it. I didn't even have time to cry about my dog because I had to take care of my kid. But pets die all the time, and especially since my dog was almost 15 years old, and people have accidents at work all the time. That's just normal. But when bad things happen and we make it through, God is showing us that he never leaves our side, even when it feels like he doesn't care at all. So why does God let terrible things happen to good people? I don't know. But I do know that bad things happen to everyone sometimes. And sometimes people have a lot of bad things happening, like my friend Savannah. But it isn't because God doesn't love her. He loves her so much. I can feel his love for her whenever I pray for her. And when I was yelling at him for how unfair this is, I could feel that he understood. People since Adam and Eve have made a big mess of things, and sometimes they just 
pile up on a person. You know, but that's when that person is also really getting extra attention from God behind the scenes. He's watching and he sees and he's working in ways that they may not even know about. And he has plans for them, even when they think everything is horrible. And when we trust him, even when everything looks like we shouldn't, we can know that that makes him happy, even though our being hurt doesn't make him happy. How do we know that having everything go wrong doesn't mean that God hates us or leaves us or is punishing us? You know, from beginning to end, the Bible is full of stories of terrible things happening to the people that God has chosen to do special things for him and the people who make him really happy. Did God hate Abel just because Cain killed him? No. Abel's offering made God really happy, but Cain chose to do something evil. That wasn't God's choice. That was Cain's choice. God gives us the choice to be good or evil to people. If we didn't have that choice, then the planet would be filled with a bunch of really nice puppets, but it wouldn't mean anything because no one could do what they wanted. Sarah couldn't have a baby until she was 90 years old because she was disabled and her womb was broken. Everyone would have thought she was useless as a wife and a woman and maybe even being punished for her sins. That's what they thought in these days, and some people think that now, too. And then Sarah got kidnapped by kings, twice, because she was beautiful and they decided to steal her from her family. She also lived through terrible famines. Sounds like she must have been a terrible person to deserve that. No, that stuff just happens to people. She didn't deserve those things. <clears throat> Joseph's mom died when he was very young. His ten older brothers hated him and tricked him and threw him into a pit and then sold him into slavery in Egypt. And even though he was a very honest slave, the wife of his master lied about him and he was left to rot in jail for many years. But he was innocent. And God wasn't being cruel to him. People were. Aaron and Miriam grew up as slaves. The Israelite baby boys were commanded to be killed by Pharaoh. Aaron's two sons died on the exact same day at the same time. David was chosen by God to be king of Israel when he was just a teenager. The youngest child of a very large family. So large that they didn't even pay attention to him. But King Saul was jealous and hunted him until he was 40 years old. David had to always be on the run and hiding in caves. And his wife Michael was taken away from him. And then his wife Abigail was kidnapped. Those bad things happened because people decided to do evil things, but not because God was angry. What about Jesus? Well, he was perfect and was tortured and killed because people made evil decisions. What about the prophets? Many of them were killed by people who were angry about what they were saying about sin. And John the Baptist, he was killed by King Herod for talking about sin. And if you read 7 Corinthians or 2 Corinthians 11, you won't even believe all the stuff that happened to Paul as he traveled the Roman Empire preaching about Jesus. Oh, man. Bad things happen no matter how much God loves us or uses us for the good of his kingdom. And things go wrong with our bodies and, and, and we can get viruses from germs. And, and God's not angry at us. It happens. Now, what about Samantha, my young friend? What she's going through isn't fair. 
and it isn't a punishment from God, and he doesn't hate her. And I don't know why things are so hard for her and her family. It isn't right. It was never supposed to be like this. We should all be tending a garden and making it spread all over the earth. That's what God wanted. That was his plan for us. And so now we have to do what we can to make the world less bad. And so when we think of Savannah and mention her to God, and we pray and ask him to help her, you know, we ask him because deep down we know how good and kind he is, even, you know, when we're confused and angry. So, you know, would you please pray for my friend Savannah? Maybe we'll understand someday, but right now all we can do is wrestle with God and complain and trust him that in the end, everything will be the way he planned it from the beginning, a world without sickness and death and evil. I love you. And I'm praying for you, and I pray you have a wonderful week studying the Bible with the people who love you.